Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Teach Me to Code podcast. This is your host, Charles Maxwood, and this week I'm going to be talking to Grant Ingersoll. Um, he's one of the guys that works on Lucene and Solar, among other things, in the uh, Apache Software Foundation. And uh, I've made some friends over there. I'm going to be going to ApacheCon in a couple of weeks. And I'm just, I'm really excited about what, what this offers and, and some of the opportunities that I've had to explore some uh, interesting and exciting technology. So um, if you want to stick around, uh, I'm going to be talking to um, Matt Thomas, uh, who works on uh, Tomcat tomorrow. I'm going to be talking to Jonathan Ellis, who is the project lead guy from, uh, on Cassandra and works at Datastax. And uh, we'll, you know, we'll be getting into some of this other stuff and, and seeing where it goes. But uh, in the meantime, I just want to remind you to go to iTunes, leave us a review, and also to go check out some of the other podcasts that I have out there. There's the Rails Coach podcast, the Ruby Rogues podcast, which a lot of people seem to like, and uh, obviously the Teach Me to Code screencasts. So go check those out. And uh, if you want to get a hold of me, you can do that by calling me 801. 367-6164. You can also email me, Chuck, at teachmetocode.com. And finally, you can find me on Twitter at cmaxw. All right, let's get into the interview. We'll pick you up on the other end. Thanks. Hey, everybody. This is Charles Max Wood with Teach Me to Code. And this week, we're going to be talking to Grant Ingersoll. Uh, Grant is one of the people that works on Lucene. That's an Apache project that is focused on search. Um, uh, Grant, why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks. First off, thanks for having me. Uh, as you said, my name is Grant Ingersoll. I'm the chief scientist at Lucid Imagination. We're a company all about uh, supporting and enabling people to use Lucene and Solar. Uh, I've been a longtime Lucene and Solar contributor and committer, and I'm also the co-founder of another Apache project related to Lucene and Solar called Mahout, which is focused on machine learning. Well, that sounds really interesting. Um, really quickly, why, why don't you tell us what Lucene is? I mean, I kind of said it was search, but is there more to it than that? Yeah, I mean, that's that's in a nutshell. Lucene started out uh, as a way for people to do essentially free text search. It's a, it's a Java library. It's a set of APIs that allow people to hook in search into their application. Those applications can range from mobile devices all the way up to uh, one of the best known these days is uh, powering Twitter. So you can go all the way from mobile scale all the way up to internet scale and everything in between. The primary way many people consume Lucene these days is through a, a related project called Solar, which uh, kind of stands for search on Lucene with resin or replication or something like that. And basically what Solar does is take and wrap the Lucene libraries into a server environment and it kind of fills in a lot of the blanks that you would have to fill in if you were building out a Lucene search application. Right. So uh, I've, I've, heard of, I've heard a lot of people talking about Solar in the Ruby community um, for different search options. Um, and then they use, I think it's called Sunspot, which is the gem that interfaces Ruby with Solar. Yep. yep. Yeah, I'm not a I'm not a Ruby expert, but I do understand that there's a, a few uh, Solar uh, Ruby integration points, and Sunspot being one of them. It sounds like that one has a fair amount of traction in the Ruby community. So, yeah, that's probably a good place to get started. Yep. So, um, 
I have a couple of questions uh, related to not necessarily Lucene itself, but I noticed that it's part of something called Jakarta. What What is that in relation to the Apache Software Foundation? Uh, so Lucina is actually, or it was part of, part of the Jakarta project, which was back in the early days of Apache was just, a kind of an overarching project that had a lot of different Java related applications in it. Uh, it's split out and is now its own, uh, what we call a top level project at Apache has been so for quite some time has a pretty large and independent community. Um, so I don't know that we're that related to Jakarta at this point anymore, other than that's where we started way back when. Okay. And how long have you been working on Lucene? I, I think you said so before, but I'm just curious. Uh, yeah, I started on Lucene in 2004 uh, when I was working at the Center for Natural Language Processing at Syracuse University. I was hired there originally to build a a cross-language search system that allowed people to enter queries in English and search Arabic content. And so, and then it would bring back the results and have them automatically translated from Arabic to English. Uh, since then have built a number of different systems as well as uh, essentially founded a company around uh, doing search with Lucene and Solar. Uh, in many ways, Lucid Imagination is what not not to compare ourselves to Red Hat, but you know, essentially the business model is be Red Hat for search. Right. Uh, so that's what we do for Lucene and Solar training, support, uh, consulting products around it. Okay, and um, so I was reading some uh, some information about Lucene, and my understanding is is that you you have some mechanism that you use to pull information into Lucene um, documents or whatever you want to call them. Um, you know, they can be web pages or, or whatnot, and then um, you get them indexed. Um, how does the indexing work with Lucene? Is it built in, or do you have to tell it what to look for? Yeah, so this is, the, this is actually the primary capabilities that Lucene provide is this core indexing and then the related search functionality. So the typical workflow, uh, if you're just doing pure Lucene, Solar changes this maybe a little bit, but typically you have some content out there, whether that's web pages or database records or uh, however, you know, people, profiles, things like that. You do some upfront pre-processing of that in order to put it into Lucene's document format. Uh, this primarily is a, a pretty simple structure. A document is made up of uh, one or more fields, and a field essentially is the piece of uh, data or content that you're interested in making available as part of your application, right, or as, as part of the search index. But it also can just a field can also just be a storage mechanism. So typically, you know, if you had uh, say a news article online, a news article typically consists of like a title and then the body and then maybe the author. Those would all be fields, and then you, so you would map those into fields into Lucene's document, and then you would add that document to you would you would give that document to what's called an index writer. In Lucene, and that index writer then does all of the magic behind the scenes of uh, sp splitting up and parsing that content and putting it into the index. The index is what we call an inverted index. It's uh, for people not familiar. You can basically think of it like in the back of a book, where you have 
words and then it tells you what page those occur on. Mm -hmm. Lucene essentially does the same kind of thing. It says, okay, I saw this word in this document. And it does that across all of the documents you add to it, such that now you have this really fast structure for looking up when a user query comes in, what, where does that query term occur and, and in what documents? And then Lucene has a variety of ways of ranking those documents, and then it can return back, you know, your, your top 10, your top 20, however, you know, what you're used to seeing, like on Google or Yahoo or Bing. That makes sense. Um, are there any search engines that use Lucene? That are out there, I guess any of the big ones anyway. Um, well, the big ones in terms of uh, internet scale search, uh, you know, I don't know about Bing or Google or Yahoo. I, you know, I'm pretty sure they all have their own. Although I, I have, they probably use Lucene in other places. I know some of the commercial search vendors use uh, use Lucene underneath the hood. IBM's OmniFine product is one. LucidWorks which is our product. We use Lucene and Solar. Uh, Lucene and Solar are used all over the place uh, in terms of search. Uh, if you've ever been on Wikipedia and searched there, you've used Lucene. If you go to Netflix, uh, that's Solar. If you use uh, Zappos, uh, which is an Amazon company, that's Solar. Uh, like I mentioned earlier, Twitter. Twitter does, uh, I think they do about 230 million documents a day in solar and uh, a billion plus queries a day, not in solar, I'm sorry, in Lucene. Um, LinkedIn also uses Lucene. And so it's pretty much all over. In fact, it, I, I feel pretty comfortable in saying it's the most, one of the most widely used search engines uh, on the planet. Okay. Um, I, yeah, it, it's, it's really interesting that, uh, you know, so many folks use it. Is, are there instances where it doesn't make sense to use it? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I guess that's always the eternal question. I mean, uh, you know, I, I think a lot of people, when they're looking for database-like functionality, there's there's kind of this, always this uh, pull between, well, should I use a database or should I use a search engine? I think over the years, uh, both of these areas have kind of grown together a bit. Um, there's still some things that are just better done in a database, I guess. If you, if you want true uh, ACID and, and transactionality and all of that uh, overhead, or if you need that kind of stuff, um, that's probably best done in a database. If you're going to be doing set relationship, you know, like fairly hardcore, hardcore joins, probably best done in a database. Having said that, however, Lucene and Solar have added a lot more of those capabilities over the years, such that more and more it is uh, can be used, and I've seen this done in a number of places, as, a, as essentially a NoSQL store. Uh, you, you see that quite a bit. Um, you can also now, for instance, in, in what will be the 4.0 release of Lucene, you'll be able to do some basic joins. Um, so... In other words, we're taking on a lot of database capabilities, but maybe not all of them. Um, we, we try to be pretty pragmatic that way. Uh, it doesn't really do graph operations like you might get out of something like Neo4j. Uh -huh. um, so that's maybe one area. Although, again, I've seen people do <laughs> similar things there. In fact, uh, ApacheCon is coming up, and I'm giving a talk uh, that's simply titled... I bet you didn't know Lucene can, 
and dot, dot, dot. And then I'm just <laughs> going to walk through a bunch of kind of off the wall, maybe not off the wall, but some of them are, will feel f very familiar to search related problems. And others are like, uh, things that I was really surprised when I heard people saying, this is what they were using Lucene for. Oh, so, interesting. Uh, yeah. I'll, I'll have to look up that talk and maybe come sit in. Yeah, uh, definitely. So, um, my, my other question, one other thing that I noticed was that it, uh, it looks like it can back up, you know, it can write its indexes to the file system or it can write it to uh, memory map uh, or, or to RAM. Um, are, are there any other interesting structures that it can write to? I've heard rumors that it can write its stuff to Cassandra. Um, so there is, there has been some integration work that a variety of people have done to uh, hook in Lucene and Solar with kind of these NoSQL stores because I think typically what happens is people start out with a key value store and then they quickly realize well well so they start out with a key value store because they need fast key lookup and then they say oh well I want to be able to search the values so then they look at ways they can search the values and Lucene is an obvious choice there. Uh, what I kind of do is flip that on its head because I think that makes for a much more complex system because the fact is, is Lucene is a really fast key value store too. Uh, I've seen, uh, some, some numbers that are pretty put most any of the key value stores, uh, you know, they're at the same level as any of them it can do thousands, tens of thousand queries per second, just doing key lookups. Um, so it, it makes for a pretty compelling key value store that way. Um, yes, it, you know, as far as the in-memory versus the other kind of low-level support for different file systems, uh, that's all pluggable in Lucene. So if you want to make it run faster on, on your particular, with your particular application, that's certainly something you can do as well. Huh. And uh, how many of these have actually been written or out there? Do you know? Or um, let's see. I mean, I know we. I mean, the the low level directory stuff that I think you're referring to, like the the memory mapping and the RAM and all of that. Lucene probably has five or six different implementations of them, and they'll run in various at various. You know, they might be appropriate for a specific operating system or a specific version of Java. Um, as far as the integrations with things like Cassandra and Mongo and CouchDB and all of those, I mean, I think uh, HBase, I've seen, um, there, there's quite a few for those kind of things. So, you know, again, I think in any of those open source NoSQL stores, they quickly need uh, search as part of their capabilities. And, and like I said, since Lucene is the essentially the de facto open source search engine out there, that's what people end up uh, using because it's it's so fast, it's so lightweight, and it's so powerful. Right. So so my understanding, um, I talked to uh, Josh Burkus, who's a big mm -hmm. PostgreSQL guy, yep. and and he mentioned Lucene a couple of times, um, but he also mentioned that that Postgres has a full text search, and so um, is is there a big difference between their full text search and the index search that Lucene does? Uh, I haven't looked at the specific new one in Postgres. Uh, traditionally, database vendors and open source database uh, engines have not been very good at doing full text search. 
there's a couple of reasons why. I think one is the the data structures often don't sit very well with the kind of transactionality that you need in a database. Uh, the inverted index is a whole different beast from a, a B tree and, and those kind of implementations. Um, you typically, the experience so far with full text in databases, whether that's Oracle or Postgres or MySQL, is it's very uh, limited and rudimentary, whereas Lucene and Solar, you know, they, they kind of pick and say, oh, well, here's the way you do it. And you get their you get their choice for it, but since search is a fuzzy problem to begin with, you mm -hmm. often need a toolkit that gives you a lot more flexibility, and that's really where I think Lucene and Solar shine is because they give you a lot of flexibilities and, and flexibility and capabilities for really tuning your search to be best for your environment. Okay. Um, another question is, um, do you? Are there any benefits that you could say that you derive from having written it in Java as opposed to C or uh, Python or some of these other languages out there? Uh, well, it's probably community user base, right? Uh, just because Java's the uh, you know the still probably one of the most widely deployed out there. Uh, that being said, there are ports for all of those languages that you just mentioned. Uh, there's a Python port. There's a C port. There's uh, .NET port. Uh, there was a Ruby port, but I don't think that's maintained anymore. Uh, the fact is, for most of these ports, you're probably just better off using Solar because Solar, you can talk to Solar with all of those languages, and it just kind of works. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I think you Java. You know, Lucene started in 1997. It's it's been updated and maintained for a long time, and has a very large community that way. So it. Uh, you know, it has, it's just always had a Java base. In fact, the guy who wrote it, it was at the time, it was his very first Java program. It was his way of teaching himself Java, which is, uh, oh, I find wow. quite, I find quite amusing. I mean, most of us start with hello world. Uh, Doug Cutting started with a, <laughs> a search engine that has since gone on to pretty much dominate the landscape. So <laughs> that's amazing. Is he still involved in the project? Uh, he's uh, at time to time. I mean, he, you, you probably know him better these days for uh, Hadoop and, and Hadoop related things, but, uh, yeah, he was, he's the father of Lucene and, and actually the, you know, one of the fathers of, of Hadoop as well. So, mm -hmm. um, not as active these days, but still, uh, shows up from time to time. And Right. So, um, another question I have is, uh, and, and this is just something that came up when you mentioned Hadoop. Hadoop is uh, MapReduce primarily right. right so um is is there is there a benefit maybe to using uh MapReduce in conjunction with the results that you get from lucene or or vice versa you know you you do a search on results you get from hadoop um they're related and not not necessarily in that way but as, as a little bit of a history lesson hadoop actually started as part of the lucene project uh, Lucene has a, had at the time a, a sub-project called Nutch, and Nutch is now a, an Apache top-level project. I know these names get a little crazy at times, but Nutch was all about crawling and indexing at web scale. And Doug and a guy by the name of Mike Caffarella were working on Nutch and trying to solve the scaling problem, and they came across the Google MapReduce uh, Google file system paper and said, hey, this makes a lot of sense for what we're trying to do, which is uh, crawl and index 
very large scale uh, collections like the web. And so they set to work and built out the, the two main pieces of Hadoop, the, which are these days the uh, distributed file system and then the MapReduce APIs. And that was all used for Notch to do, like I said, indexing and crawling. And then after a while, they uh, Yahoo came along and hired Doug and, and Hadoop was split out from Lucene and Notch and became its own project and because essentially there was this realization that this stuff is good for a whole lot of other things besides just uh, uh, crawling and indexing. So kind of going back to your answer then, it's not really, Hadoop is not really appropriate for the search side of the equation so much as it is for the upfront large-scale batch processing types of things that happen alongside a search engine. So like building out your uh, search indexes or perhaps calculating things like, you know, page rank or link authority or those kind of things. So typically you would use Hadoop in this upfront build your index side of the equation, and then you would just use something like solar, uh, for the search side of the equation. Okay. Uh, that makes, that makes sense. So what, what does solar give you, uh, that Lucene doesn't? Yeah, so I, I kind of, the analogy I like to use is, you know, Lucene's the engine and, and Solar is the car. Uh, so Lucene is a bun bunch of Java APIs. You then have to go out and build your application around that. And, and typically, just like you would with a database, you, you, you often want to separate out that functionality from the rest of your application so that you can manage it separately. So what Solar starts with is it's a framework for providing Lucene as a service uh, has a set of REST APIs and you can, you know, send in documents via those REST APIs. You can get back results via those REST APIs. Documents can be JSON, XML, uh, various other structures. You can even send in things like Word documents and PDF and all of that. Solar then takes them in and does the indexing behind the scenes, takes care of all of that kind of management that you'd have to do in Lucene, and then can serve up the results. It also adds in things like uh, as your as your query volume grows, you can replicate out the results or the the index across multiple machines, so you can deal with high query volume, much like you would do with replication in a database. Mm -hmm. And you can also, if the index gets too large to fit on a single machine, you can actually split the index across multiple machines, and Solar will allow you to query those as well adds in a number of other things like uh, faceting. So if you've ever done a, like a search on Amazon, when you get back the results, the left-hand side often has navigation that tells you, oh, you know, there's 25 TVs made by Sony, 13 by Samsung that fit your search criteria. That's faceting. Solar has that baked in. Very fast, very efficient. Uh, so, so essentially kind of at the end of the day, all of the things that would be programming tasks in Lucene are often just configuration items in solar. Um, and in fact, I mean, I've seen many, many people do Lucene implementations and they tend to look more or less like solar unless maybe if they're running like on a mobile device, but most people, when they're put, standing this up in a typical web type environment, it, it's as a service that looks kind of like a database or like solar. Right. Uh, so it essentially saves you a whole bunch of time on that end. Okay. Now you keep mentioning that uh, you can run Lucene on a mobile device. Um, what what types of mobile devices have you seen it running on, and what kind of applications is it a part of? 
I don't have a super lot of experience here. I do know, I, I believe some people have uh, ported it to and made it run on Android. Uh, it runs in Java, so any device that runs Java, I think you have, there's only certain parts of it that can run, but I, I, I can't go into too much just because I haven't seen a whole lot here. I just have heard of people that have done it. I believe there is also an Objective-C uh, port of Lucene, and so presumably that can run on uh, on the iPhone or on the iOS. But again, I'm I don't want to talk uh, too far beyond my knowledge because I I don't have a lot of experience in the mobile area. Be really interesting to see where where it's being applied and what people are doing with it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, on the in some ways, search is the perfect uh, interface for mobile devices because. You know, people are typically, you know, it allows them to get to things much more quickly and, and the interface is much simpler and, and things like faceting and other stuff don't always fit as well in the, the screen size that you have on mobile. Whereas typing in a few keywords uh, makes for a much easier experience. All right. Um, so I wanted to ask about, I think it was called boosting. Mm -hmm. Is that is that what it was where you... Uh... You basically give something a little bit higher score. Uh, sure. So, so how exactly does that work? Is it just another field, more or less, on the document, or is there more to it? Yeah. So, boosting is—it's essentially this notion that you have some knowledge outside of what Lucene's model is saying uh, about the importance of one of the things that you want to boost on. And I, the reason why I say one of those things you want to boost on is because Lucene actually provides the opportunity to boost on a lot of different things. Uh, at indexing time, you can boost on a document. You can say this document is more important than this other document. Right. So anything can, that I wrote is more important than anything that anyone else wrote. Exactly. But then you can also say this field is more important than that field. So oftentimes in search, the, a match in the title field is usually a better match than a match in the body field. Oh, okay. Okay. Uh, you can now also uh, say this term is more important than that term. So if you had done some advanced processing, uh, say like natural language processing, where perhaps you uh, marked up your content with part of speech tags, you could say, I want, uh, at query time, I want nouns to be boosted higher than uh, the, when this word is used as a verb or vice versa, right? So you can actually boost at that level. And then on the query side of the equation, you can actually say this clause of this query is more important than this other clause of this query. So if you have... Uh, you know, if you're searching for foo and you're searching for and bar, you could say, oh, match any place where foo matches, that's much more important than where bar matches. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, again, you have a lot of different places where you can uh, hook in boosts. Um, you can also in Lucene, there's a sorting API as well. So, if you wanted to uh, apply different sorting algorithms by date or uh, by page rank or whatever, you could. You could have that. I guess that would kind of qualify as boosting too, but I guess maybe it's just more of a sorting criteria. Yeah, I kind of think of them as different because the the one is saying I want them in this order, and the other one is saying give this one more preference due to this rule. Right, but you can have. I guess the sorting API would also allow you to inject your kind of your business rules as well. If yeah. You, but but that's not what typically people do. But it does. It, it is possible. 
So when you boost, effectively what you're doing is you're not just saying A is more important than B, but you're saying A, ha a is, is a four and B is a one. And so A, you know, gets that much more preference. Now, is that a straight multiplier or is it, is it, does it get fed through some other algorithm? Uh, it's a, it's a multiplier. I mean, there's, there's, again, there's different ways that you can do boosting too. For instance, there's these thing called function queries and those can be either additive or multiplicative, multiplicative. So, but, but yeah, the, the, the kind of traditional boosts, those are just multiplied in. Um, but, but again, there's, I think you're, you're probably starting to get a sense and hopefully your listeners are is again, this goes back to this toolkit mentality is we want to give you the tools to, to make choices that are most appropriate for your situation, as opposed to us saying, oh, well, this is how you do it because it's just simply too subjective of a problem for us to declare. This is how it's done. Right. And, and that's one thing that I liked I, when I was reading, um, um, I've been scanning Lucene in action. Um, I don't remember who wrote it. Uh, Mike uh, McCandless, Otis Gospodnetich, and Eric Hatcher okay. uh, wrote the second edition. Uh, yes, that is, that's the Bible. Uh, anybody who's interested in Lucene and Solar, for that matter, should go okay. get that book. Yeah, the second edition covers version 3.0, but uh, they say in the front that 3.x will be compatible, will be backward compatible to that. And the current version looks like it's 3.4, so this stuff is still good. Yeah, and it's surprising, even if you read the first edition, much of the stuff in the first edition, which only covered, uh, like, uh, uh, I think 2.0 or something like that, even some of that is, you know, the concepts behind it still will make a lot of sense. But, yeah, I definitely start with the, the second edition these days. And, and, yeah, it should more or less cover 3.4, although there might be a few changes here and there. Right. So one of the things that I, uh, I I noticed in here was that he he talked a little bit about um, how to get good search results, and I, I think that's a I mean you have the technology, you have the tools, but understanding how to get good search results out of Lucene I think is another um, skill set you know beyond understanding the technology. Are, are there any good pointers for um, deciding how to uh, set up your boosts and how to you know, design your documents so that you can uh, get the most out of it for your searches? Yeah, there's, uh, there's a couple. And first off, let me just say like Lucene, I think does a really good job for most people just straight out of the box. Okay. Uh, the ranking algorithms we have are pretty much industry standard. Uh, all of the big, big players out there use them. They're well known. They've been well tested over the years. We also then, will be coming in the 4.0 version will allow you to actually plug in different scoring models. But generally speaking, I don't want to get, get ahead of myself too much there because this is often where uh, we as a company help people with, and I'm not, not trying to pitch that, but just to say that um, this, again, this whole subjective nature of the pro problem is often what then leads people down this path of needing to boost things. So what I typically tell people is, First off, you need to make sure you start with some sort of evaluation framework because the tendency, I think, is for people to say, oh, well, this query isn't working. And then they go spend a whole bunch of time trying to make this query give better results. And in the meantime, as far as they know, because they don't have an evaluation framework set up, they are breaking the rest of their system. Um, so I kind of take it at a couple of levels. So have this evaluation system. And, and typically what that means is, 
look at your logs, figure out what are your top queries, or as I like to call them, your money queries. This is what most people are searching for. Uh, and have somebody in your company or you yourself do some evaluation as to how good the results are. And that can be anything from ranking them from on a scale of one to five or just simply saying, yes, this top 10 looks good or not. Uh, mm -hmm. And then once you have that sense, you'll, you'll, you'll be able to look at this set of queries and say, oh, well, these three queries are underperforming. All the rest are great. And then you can kind of focus in on those three queries and say, well, what is it about those that uh, need improvement. And Lucene and Solar have some capabilities there. It's, it's called a, an explanation or an explain plan, much like you would have in a database when you run queries. The explain will tell you why a document matched. Uh, and then you can decide whether there's things that you should be tweaking. For instance, uh, I was with a customer a few years back and one of their top selling products was rated way down on in the search results. It was on like page 10. This is a very prominent customer, a lot of money being lost by this essentially being way down the list. And actually, going through this explain process with them, it simply came down to one of their key fields uh, for that particular product It didn't have any data in it. And so they went back to their uh, data entry people and said, hey, you need to fill in this, uh, this piece on this product. And the next day it was fixed and it was up in the, the top 10 results. So that's typically, you know, most things often come down to some type of data uh, problem. Um, but yeah, so then as far as things like when to boost and how to boost, there's a little bit of a, a art form to that. You, you kind of get a sense of what documents are more important, or if you have some notion of what's more important, you can then apply those boosts. Uh, but for the most part, you're probably better off just letting the engine do it. Uh, or if, if you know a specific document should be the top result, then just go make it the top result. You don't need, mm -hmm. if, if you already know that, you don't need a search engine to tell you that. You just need the search engine to serve that up. And, and Lucina Solar can support that too. Right. So then the search results, uh, I, I assume they return the entire document? Uh, with Lucina Solar, you can actually tell it what fields you want it to return. Uh, you often don't want to return the whole document because at least in, in many cases, you often have uh, documents are often shaped such that you have a few small fields and then one long field. So if you think about a typical news article, it's got a bunch of metadata fields, title, author, timestamp, and then one big long body. But if you're just showing, you know, the top 10 search results, you often don't show the whole body. Right. So you may not want to do that. And that's why Lucene allows you to just retrieve back whatever fields you want. And then when the user clicks on a specific uh, item, then you can go and retrieve the full content. Yep. But but that's, again, it's really up to you as to how you want to do that, what your display uh, criteria are. All right. And uh, I, I'm also curious, what are the format of the indexes? Are, are they, they're, they're in a flat file, or I guess, but uh, are they XML uh, or something like that? Or No, it's a very, very highly optimized format. Um, essentially, there's, there's several files. If you go on the Lucene webpage, we always publish what our file format is. And in fact, this is how all of these other ports often are stay compatible with Lucene is because we publish our file format. Uh, it's a it's a binary file format. Uh, although the interesting thing, uh, what's coming in the 4.0 is uh, we've made that all pluggable. So you can plug in what we call 
your own codec or your own file formats. And uh, interestingly enough, we do have a, what we call a simple text file format. Uh, I kind of laugh because it's it's not performant at all. You will not use this in production. But if you're interested in seeing what an actual index looks like underneath the hood without trying to decipher all the binary stuff, you can simply switch your codec over to be the simple text one, and it will put it all in text. And in fact, all of Lucene's unit tests all pass with that simple text codecs. They take a long time, but they do pass. But yeah, the the otherwise the performance, the ones that you would use in production are are very highly optimized for uh, storing these inverted indexes, storing the the uh, data, the original data, things like that. So it's probably uh, well beyond the scope of this call to go into that uh, right. level of discussion. But but yeah, if you go to the Lucene website and look up the, you can look up the file formats from there. Yep. All right. One other question that came up um, with while I was reading Lucene in action, um, he mentioned that uh, you know there's a question about maybe words or compound words or you know two word phrases or three word phrases um how does the indexing work with with that i mean it seems like the simplest indexing would be okay split on the white space drop the punctuation and uh you know just index each word but sometimes it's more useful to do other things so how do you handle that Right. So, you know, I mentioned earlier a bit of the workflow. you got these documents come in. They have fields. Some of those fields get indexed. Some of them just get stored. The indexing process then, when you, when you tell Lucene that you want to index something, what it does is then feed that raw content, that string, if you will, uh, to an analysis chain. And an analysis chain is made up of a tokenizer and then zero or more token filters. Okay, mm -hmm. so the tokenizer, uh, and, and these are all pluggable, by the way, but Lucene ships with, I don't know, we probably have 50 or 60 of them ranging from very basic, like what you said, white space, up to, you know, we can handle Chinese, Korean, French, Spanish, German, Arabic, Polish, Hungarian, all of these other uh, variety of languages. And so what that analysis chain essentially does is, so the tokenization, as you can guess, splits things up into tokens. And, and I speci we specifically use the word tokens there and not words because there really is no reason why these need to be words. Uh, they could just be a sequence of characters. They could be numbers. They could be uh, some just a, just a bunch of bytes in reality. Uh, the important thing is that you, you have some subset of the overall uh, piece of content that you want to put into the index, just like you would in the back of the book, right? And so Lucene runs that content through this analysis chain. So it goes tokenization, and then those, to uh, th those tokens are fed to the token filters. And a token filter is essentially allows you to modify the original token. And the reason why you do this is because then you get you can chain these things together instead of having to write one big monolithic uh, tokenizer. Uh, so examples of token filters are things like you may want to lowercase all of your tokens, or maybe you want to uppercase them, or maybe you want to stem them. Uh, so for instance, the word uh, banking and the word banks, uh, a stemmer might stem those all back to just the word bank, such that when a user searches for the word bank, they would find those documents that also contain banking and banks. Very common technique in, in search. 
you can also do a variety of other things. There, if you look in the Lucene source code, there's an analysis module underneath there, and it contains all of the variety of analyzers that we have. And so then the output after it's run through this chain is that, is that token that then gets put in the index. The other thing with the, the token filters, you can actually remove tokens too. So they don't, if you want certain words to be removed, you can do that. So then kind of getting back to your question of multiple terms, you can in fact take, uh, there's no reason why a token, like I said, has to be just one word. One of the common text techniques is to take multiple words and concatenate them together into a single token and then put that in the index. And Lucene will treat that just like any other token. Uh, but what that then gives you is the ability to perhaps query more efficiently for phrases for any time two words occur together. And, and that can be useful in certain search situations uh, to, you know, depending on your data and your content, and your search needs. All right. That makes sense. Um, so one, one other thing real quick that I, I kind of wanted to go over is um, let's say that I want to build a search engine. Mm -hmm. um, so I go ahead and I set up Lucene and I set up solar and I, I point sunspot at it um, and I go get a crawler that goes and crawls stuff and then puts it into Lucene um, what other considerations do I need to be making to make my search engine work and return relevant results yeah that's a great question so there's kind of two levels to that the relevant results and then the just making it work um, you know obviously you've got to go through capacity planning and kind of all the typical things, much like you would do with a database. You know, how am I going to back this thing up? How am I going to replicate it? How am I going to make sure I have uh, high availability? All of those things, right? Yep. Um, you know, and what we often do with clients is work through a lot of these issues. Um, you also, of course, care about your indexing speed. How fast can I make indexing go? How fast can I make my searches go? Depending on your application, you may have different trade-offs that way. Uh, questions like, do I need my results in real time? Like, does the instant a document come in, does that need to then be searchable? That's now supported in Lucene or Solar, but many people don't need that uh, because they're, you know, some people, you know, if you're, if you're an e-commerce site and you only get product updates nightly from your vendors, then there's really no reason why you need to support real-time search uh, or maybe you only do hourly updates or things like that. Um, then the... You know, the, the relevance question really comes down to some of the things we talked about earlier, but it's essentially this notion of, you know, you know what your content is and you know what your users are doing. Uh, you really need to take a hard look at what those those are, you know, how, how they're interacting with your system, what your content looks like, and what your query logs are showing, and and then start to make conscious efforts towards improving your results along those lines. You, you don't want to just go do this in an ad hoc manner. You want to take a, you know, just a, a solid, uh, well thought out approach of, you know, this kind of con, you know, users are searching for these words, but they're often spelled, spelled wrong. So maybe I should introduce spell checking, or maybe I just want to automatically correct that behind the scenes. Um, and you also, I think, you know, obviously you need to spend some time thinking about how are you going to present the results? Are you going to show facets? Are you going to show spell checking? Are you going to show uh, related items, related searches? 
really, because at the end of the day, at least at a, a bigger picture level and nothing really to do with Lucene and solar, the whole goal of a search system is that you're trying to help the user find what they're looking for. And, and that isn't always done best by having a user type keywords into a, a, a little search box. There are other ways to do that, things like facets help, uh, spell checking, recommendations, uh, a variety of different ways. So I often think about it as, as search and discovery problem and not just uh, pure keyword search. That, that makes a lot of sense. I, I, and I really like that where, um, yeah, I, I think a lot of times we get caught up in the fact that we need a search feature and we forget that it actually has to help people find stuff. Right. Well, and, and these days, one of the trends that I find interesting, too, is people are deploying, uh, and this gets back to kind of that other ways people are using this, is I, I've we've got some customers and I've seen other people in the community who, uh, there's not even a search box necessarily to be found in their application, yet the entire application is search-driven. Uh, the, the name for this is a search-based applications. Um, and they often still do have a search box as well, but like the entire navigation, the entire way you interact with the site is all through searches behind the scenes and all just powered off of a search engine, which I find uh, pretty interesting. Yeah, that, that's fascinating, where effectively you, you, know, you go to myapp.com slash uh, Chuck, and rather than loading up, you know, whatever resource theoretically is behind Chuck, it, it loads up whatever it finds in the search results. And, you know, typically those kind of applications are, you, you don't need the full database capabilities. And so you get a lot better performance, a lot better uh, efficiency, less resources, et cetera, et cetera. So, uh, you know, if, if your application fits into that space, and a lot of them do, you really can have a lot more flexibility and capability by by leveraging something like Lucene and and or a search engine than a traditional database. All right. Well, that's 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 fascinating. And and I I'd be really curious if any if anyone out there has set something up like this to to see kind of the the paradigm shifts that you have to make to to recognize that your your site functions in this way. Yeah, I, actually, I think there's, uh, I know of several of our customers who do this already. Um, I, I won't name names, but uh, they are out there. Um, it's, it's, it actually makes a lot of sense because I think the, the things you can do in a search index uh, give you a lot more flexibility, right? You're also starting to see this in the uh, business intelligence space where you're, you're having what People are calling either search-driven business intelligence or query-driven BI, uh, where it, it's essentially BI, and some of the big data uh, hype is around this as, as well, is that you're giving users the ability to do more ad hoc uh, queries of the data and then and then generate things like the reports and the, the traditional things that you see with BI. But the, the seed of it is more user driven and thus has to be more query driven in which a search engine is, is a uh, key to that versus the traditional BI where perhaps, you know, some IT department is setting up all of the reports that get run. And, and if any business user wants a new report, they have to go put in a provisioning request with the IT department, et cetera, et cetera. Right. Uh, so, and in fact, if you've been watching the space recently, Oracle bought Indeca. Indeca was 
has traditionally been a search engine, but then has now tried to do uh, BI on top of uh, search. You can do many of those exact same things using Lucene and Solar. So it, you know, it's a much more cost-effective way of getting same kind of capabilities. That's cool. That's really cool. I remember when I was working at Mosey, they had a guy that was the business intelligence specialist. And so he had this whole setup with his own, I mean, he basically had his own couple of servers that ran, I think it was Microsoft SQL and you know, he, yeah, he would be pulling information from all over the company into this system. And then he'd be munging and searching the data to get these, these, uh, these reports. And yep. Yep. Yeah. And that's, and that's how, you know, if you, you can see it, there's a pretty compelling open source stack for a lot of these things. You know, you take Hadoop plus Pig plus Lucene and Solar and, and maybe something like Mahout. Uh, I recently just, uh, we Lucid Imagination just had our European users conference called uh, Lucene Eurocon. I gave the keynote there and I talked about a lot of this kind of functionality of tying together these variety of systems in a way that really can help power uh, both the end user capabilities in terms of relevance and, and that, as well as the analytics that help drive the business to understand what users are doing with the site. Um, at LucidWorks or at Lucid, we also have you know a product that brings in can talk to things like SharePoint and many of those other kind of data sources that you've you've talked about. So you can bring all of those things into the search engine, and then. Uh, do a, you know you, you now have at your fingertips a variety of different ways of interacting with the data and it, and again it kind of goes back to that early statement is it's not just free text anymore right, right. you can have new numbers in there you can you know I've even seen places where you can do things that are just totally off the wall nothing to it's not text at all it could be uh, signals or something like that um, and make them searchable you can do uh, image search using Lucene you have to have a way of transforming uh you know the image into into uh essentially tokens but it can be done uh so again you know it's really lucene provides you that framework for doing really fast and efficient uh fuzzy matching wow that's awesome so one more question that i have um and that is more about your company so um it seems like there are companies that are kind of out there for different open source Pro, uh, projects or products and you know I, I keep coming back to Cassandra but that's because I've been playing with it recently and because um, I know Jonathan Ellis uh, used to work for work with him so oh, yeah, um, I know Jonathan. you know but he has data stacks that uh, you know they're they're kind of the Cassandra experts out there and then you know you guys are the the Lucene experts so I, I'm a little curious it does it change your business model at all to be focused on an open source technology versus maybe providing services in other other areas <laughs> that's a good question that's the that's the million dollar question right or the um i think you know our our whole goal is to enable and support people to use lucene and solar technology and and the broader lucene ecosystem as i like to call it so things like mahout and tika and nutch and and uh, often hadoop comes in here as well um, enabling support means a variety of things, uh, ranging from, you know, a lot of the open source companies, there's definitely this knowledge component to it versus, uh, uh, uh maybe some of the proprietary companies where it's just a, a product and you get what you get. Um, I think the search space is such that it's pretty hard to offer a search product without having a knowledge component to the business. 
but as far as the open source goes, I mean, we, we think Lucene and Solar are uh, the the best things out there. Uh, we th I'll put them up any day against any of the other proprietary vendors. I think we, we stand up very well for, in terms of efficiency and cost to deploy and, and number of servers and all of that. I've seen some very significant reductions uh, as compared to the proprietary vendors. Uh, and so then what we, we then do is we have a, a product we call LucidWorks that essentially we take solar and we uh, add in uh, essentially three layers, I think. One is a management layer so that you have a UI to manage solar. Uh, the second layer is we've integrated a number of other either open source projects or, uh, in some cases, particular vendors, which we think add value. So Solar, for instance, doesn't have connectors to SharePoint or crawlers as part of the core package. So we take and we make all of those work seamlessly with Solar. And then the third layer is we have added a few other features that we've seen we think are valuable to customers for instance, we have popularity-based ranking. Uh, so we package all of that up into a, a single quote-unquote product and deliver that out. But you still, at the end of the day, have total and complete access to solar. You talk to solar just like you've always talked to solar. But then maybe you have some other things around it that make your life a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, we see ourselves as that's the that's the product. And then we have all of the support and training and knowledge that goes around both that product as well as Lucene and Solar. And so we're, I guess at the end of the day, we support that full spectrum. That makes sense. So do you replace that knowledge component in the businesses or do you help them find people who can figure it out or both? Or? Uh, all of the above, I think. Um, our, from our knowledge standpoint, we, we tend to focus on the architectural side of things, uh, making sure people are getting off on the right foot and and are well positioned to go forward and deploy and use the stuff. We then offer support, you know, and just like you would get with an Oracle or a Red Hat or whatever, you know, ranging from business hour support through, but you know, if you have a mission critical application, you can do 24 by seven. Uh, and then the, uh, the the product is you know another thing that helps them uh, get up and running. So and then we also have a pretty vast partner network. So if you actually need uh, people to help with implementation, we can do that as well. Um, but it it tends to be you know get you up to speed and get you running, um, and then you know enable you on the product uh, and or products, and then support you once you're going forward. All right. But, Sounds sounds great. It it it, yeah. And I and I kind of understand the business model as far as like Red Hat goes and stuff. I mean, I've I've worked at companies that paid them to, you know, to to have the support and stuff, and and that makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah, for for anybody who has you know mission critical search needs, just like you you know if if your database went down, you know how what would that cost be to your company, right? Mm -hmm. Same kind of thing with a search engine. Even as strong as Lucene and Solar are, I mean you know, systems sometimes break and, and we help triage and fix that. That's part of the support model. So, you know, it's that in a lot of ways it's insurance. Right. All right. Well, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up. We've been talking for almost an hour. Um, I really appreciate you coming on and, and sharing your expertise on this. Um, we'll, we'll probably have to have you come back on and talk about some of the other things that are related to Lucene. Um, you mentioned, 
and, and I don't remember the name of the library, but you mentioned one that was about like machine learning. And, and I think that would be an interesting topic to go into. Yep. Um, so yeah, if you're willing to come back on sometime, we'll, we'll line something else up. That would be great. All right. Well, thanks again. That was Grant Ingersoll. He's, uh, he works with the Apache Software Foundation on Lucene and a few other of their projects and uh, works at, uh, is it lucidworks.com? Lucid Imagination. Lucid Imagination. So, uh, so go check them out. And if, you, if you're interested in Lucene, uh, you can get information on the Apache website, lucene.apache.org. Um, and is there a good way to follow you or uh, you know, contact you to keep up on this stuff? Sure. Uh, on Twitter, I'm G-S-I-N-G-E-R-S, G-Singers. Uh, shows my age there. That's my old Unix uh, handle way back when. Uh, but yeah, G-Singers on Twitter. Uh, I usually blog either at lucene.grandingersall.com or lucidimagination.com slash blog. So I can either follow my blogs there or Twitter. Yep. All right. And I just want to point out that uh, some of these companies out there that support uh, open source proje uh, projects like this, um, their blogs usually have terrific information on getting started and uh, what's coming up in the latest versions because it's it's not just an interesting project to them. It's, it's their livelihood and they really get it. So um, by all means, go check them out. And Grant's really involved. So um, he, he's a good source for, for any of this. Thank you. Thank you. Um, uh, I think our next interview is going to be with, um, what's his name? Mark Thomas from the Tomcat project. So, uh, should be interesting. And, and, uh, so if you're interested in that, then, then catch up next week. And, uh, outside of that, then we will, you know, hopefully catch you again with another one of these interviews. Great. All right. Clear. <laughs> yeah, we're done. <laughs> Thanks again for coming on. That was cool. No, not a problem. Hopefully not too long, or I assume maybe you'll edit it down a little bit, which would, which is perfectly fine. Yeah, I usually shoot for about an hour with with these interviews, unless they're it's so simple that there's just not a lot to cover. Yeah, I mean, I could talk about this stuff for days. So, <laughs> <laughs> those are the people I want on as the ones that the ones that can do that because it's not just then um, uh, uh, their amount of knowledge, but it's also the the passion, the interest that they have for the project, and that's always important. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Are you are you going to ApacheCon? I am. Cool. Well, I will be there. I'm only there Wednesday. I have a client engagement, unfortunately, that just came up on Thursday and Friday. So my talk is uh, Wednesday, uh, like around one. So uh, you know, I'll, I should be around before that. Um, I'm also doing a training there on Monday. I'm giving a training. So. Uh, do uh, introduce yourself. All right, I will. I'm going to be there. I fly in Tuesday and fly out Saturday. So, Cool. So then probably either Tuesday or Wednesday. Yep. be great. All, All right. right, thanks a lot. Thank you. It was good to talk to you. All right, and we're back. Um, real quick, I just want to remind you again to go to iTunes and leave us a review. And I want to thank Grant again for coming on to the podcast. It was super. Um, really looking forward to meeting him at ApacheCon. And uh, I'm looking forward to, you know, just some of the other cool technologies that's the, 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 cool, the cool technology that's out there that uh, I'll have the opportunity to kind of get to know people who are involved in those better. Um, I think they offer a lot to a lot of different programming communities, and uh, so I think we all ought to give them a big thank you too and let them know that we appreciate the technologies and what's offered out there. So um, if that's your kind of thing, then by all means, uh, go look them up and uh, let them know that we appreciate it. Thanks. Thanks.